0: This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Shnerv, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul is the program, and a very warm welcome to you on this of Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas, Shreitim, Tov Shin, Pei, Aleph. Thank you so much for making the time to come and join us. Thank you so much for actually putting your ear to your radio or device, whatever it is, and hopefully be inspired, hopefully learn something, hopefully You'll walk away from this program with something you didn't know from before. Let's start, as we often do. You know, this week, parsha Pasha is <coughs> the Pasha of of Judges, of Justice. And listen to a story. <coughs> Rav Doid Beiris Meisles, who was the Rav of of uh, Warsaw, so into his room once came a young man, a, a man, and his was, face was... Covered in tears, was crying, crying ceaselessly. And, and Drakberi said to him, Cal- calm down, calm down, tell me what's, what's happened. He says, I don't live here in Varsha. And I came here to buy some goods for my business. And I broke with me 5,000 rubles to buy, to buy merchandise. And it was coming Shabbos. And I knew I was going to have to stay in one of the, uh, local hotels. So I went to a business colleague who I knew for a long time and I left my purse with him and uh come back after Shabbos I went to the hotel. Unfortunately, when I came back on my Shabbos, the man completely denied ever having taken any money from me and I'm left penniless. I don't even have enough money to get to get home again. What should I do though? So well calmed him down and said, look, relax, I'll do everything I can to get to get your money back. So he immediately summoned this business colleague and came running to the Rob's house. And uh, Rav, uh, Rav Meisler asked him, do you know this person? Says, sure, he came to my house, he ate my food, he... He was at my table, and then he turns around and accuses me of, of stealing, of stealing his money. It's ridiculous. It's completely, uh, 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 I don't know, where he got the, way he sucked out of his stomach. I never, I never took his, his money. And, and meanwhile, the, the, the young man is standing in the room crying and screaming, you liar, don't, aren't you embarrassed? To talk like that in front of me when you know with my very hands I gave with the envelope of with the money and you counted it yourself. How dare you deny it? So, Ramajalis says to the man, look, tell me something. You know, here's this poor desperate man. <laughs> okay, you didn't take his money, but obviously he needs, he needs, uh, something to get home. He needs to be able to, you know, start his business. Are you prepared to give him something at least? You know? To, to pacify him somehow to, to at least you know get him off your back. So the business comes, sure, of course I will. Shame, I feel so bad for him. I'll give him a few a few rubles. I'll give him ten and twenty rubles. And the Abrecus giving him what ten and twenty rubles you took five thousand rubles. So I might just, you know, make ten twenty rubles a little bit a little, you know, maybe, 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 maybe up the offer a a a, a little bit. So, so, uh, he says, okay, okay, I'll tell you what. I'm prepared to even give him a hundred rubles. hundred rubles is a large amount of money. I'll give him a hundred rubles. So, uh, Rav stands up and puts his face in front of the You ganiv, you liar. Now, I know. I've known you for a while. I know that as wealthy as you are, You are known in town as the greatest kumtsin, as the greatest miser ever. We can't give you, we can't get you to give even 10 rubles to any charitable cause. And now suddenly you're prepared to give a 100 rubles to this poor young man just to mollify him, just to calm him down. If you don't return that money to him right now, I'm going to hand you over to authorities, which is really what I should do. And the man pulled the envelope of 5,000 rubles out of his pocket, put it on the table, and, and shamefacedly walked out of, walked out of the room. The kayach of our, of our, of our, leaders, to, to confront people, to do what needs to be done. You shall put judges, you shall enforce what is right, what is just, with every bit of being that you have, at at your access and, and never, never allow people who are trying to distort just because they might be powerful or they might be politically connected or they might in any way kind of threaten you. That doesn't stop someone whose search, whose, whose life is about seeking the MS, seeking the truth. That's not going to stop him from doing what needs, what needs to be done. This is 101.9 high FM. The program is soul to soul and this is just the beginning. We'll be right back. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. only on 101.9 high FM. 101.9, one Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul, Friday afternoon, I'm Rabbi Moshe Shnerb, welcome, welcome to the show, thank you for joining us, as we get ready for another amazing and scintillating Shabbos, the first one of Chodesh Elo, it's getting close to Rosh Hashanah, so let's get stuck right in, Let, let's talk about something in our Parsha, there's a pasuk right near the beginning of the Parsha that says, Lo Yitzizbach Vaseh Do not slaughter for Hashem your God an ox or a lamb or a kid in which there is a a blemish. Now we know that the animal that is brought up as a carbon, as the offering to Hashem must be without blemish. The sifri detail of a variety of disqualifications which invalidate a korban. And the root of this mitzvah is quite understandable. A person who brings a korban, a sacrifice, needs to focus his thoughts towards Hashem. A human being is affected by the strength of his actions. Therefore, it's only proper that the sacrifice he offers be without blemish. This then reflects the idea that the intentions of a man neither rest nor become focused upon a lesser sacrifice as they would upon a more important sacrifice. You know, the distinguished and perfect in its species arouse and inspire hearts. In other words, one who offers the carbon will be inspired to a greater extent by a perfect, unblemished animal because, in his mind, it has greater value. Furthermore, it demonstrates a greater reverence, a greater respect for the besamitash and the Avod and the service that's done there when the when the subject of, of the carbon is is perfect is un is unblemished. Now the whole concept of a bal mum of a blemished thing doesn't apply, and this is so important in El, doesn't apply exclusively to the animal species. Human beings can also be Categorized as blemished. And I'm not referring to physical impediments, because those obviously are God-given. There's nothing we did to deserve it. That's, that's who we are. That's how Baruch Hu made us. But rather, the character defects brought on by a lack of refinement, a lack of working and, and trying to perfect oneself the Gemara Megillah states one who is arrogant, one who is conceited is a balmum. he's a blemished person a Chazal view arrogance and conceit in a human being as a failing on par with a, a blemish why is arrogance viewed as a blemish? And how does conceit compare to a physical impediment? Why is it even couched in those, in those terms? So Rav Yitzhak Zilberstein explains that the most significant shortcoming of one who has a physical impediment is manifest primarily in his ability to move about, to, to sort of get to where he needs to get to with ease and comfort. One who's never, whose limbs don't permit him to go where he wants to go and do what he, he wants to do is, is impeded. When we consider the affliction of, let's say, arrogance from a very practical point of view, so we see that an arrogant person has, due unfortunately to his own conceit, has impeded himself from being able to serve our Kurdish Hu properly. He refuses to ask someone for help in understanding. I don't know a, a, a piece of a piece of Torah because that would be an indication that maybe his Torah knowledge is deficient. Likewise. He would rather Davin in, in his own home than go to Shul where he's not going to be maybe granted the, the honor that he feels he deserves. The conceited person limits where he's going to be able to go and, and, and the, the functions that he attends because he has convinced himself that they are below. His standard, if it doesn't match up to his preconceived demands, then he sits by himself without getting the cover, the honor that he wants. It's just not worth even going out. There's no greater encumbrance than one who kind of suppresses himself. And, and, it's, and it's really such a, a pitiful a pitiful, pitiful thing that a person <clears throat> is, is so truly and completely blemished. There's no more perfect person in the world than one who adheres to the, the, the laws of, of humility. And indeed, the, the less one thinks of himself, the less that can go wrong and the less that can be pointed out concerning him. He has kind of diminished himself to the point that no one focuses on his purported uh, deficiencies. On the other hand, one who positions himself in the centerpiece of of another person's uh, 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 sort of scrutiny is almost asking for trouble. The, the, The true un-of, the true humble person is out of sight while the arrogant person is looking for attention, which of course the moment you start looking for attention it may not always be the, the best thing in, in, in the world for him or for anyone else Rav Zilmishchen relates that Rav Shmuel Rizofsky, that's all represented humility at its at its apex he was the premier Maggid in, in in Gemara, not only in Panovich, but throughout Eretz Yisrael, the Briskarov referred to him as the Rosh Yeshivas, the head, the premier of all the other Rosh Yeshivas. When Panovich had just opened its doors, the Yeshiva had no no money to operate because it had no money. And the student body was very small, it was only about 50 students. And due to lack of money, it was impossible to get the services of someone to actually uh, clean, to maintain to the uh, sanitary conditions of the yeshiva. The Panevichirov traveled throughout the globe fundraising for the yeshiva. And shmuel was left to assume all the responsibility of providing for the spiritual sustenance of the young men, it's difficult to focus on learning when the environmental conditions are far from appealing. So, during this period, Rav Shmuel would come to the base of early in the morning, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Take out a broom and dustpan. And sweep the floors, he would take a mop and water and 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 wash the floor. When the students entered the base Mash for, for chakras, the room was spotless. No one had the faintest idea of the identity of the new maintenance crew. When Shmuel lay on his deathbed, surrounded by his family, he cried out in pain and said. With what am I ascending to Shemayim? He was intimating that he was unworthy of any spiritual rewards. This was a question posed by the preeminent Rashi Shiva, whose, whose shiurim served as the kind of the the the, the 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 trailblazer for 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 navigating all the difficult subjects of Gomorrah. Finally, he said that perhaps. The merit earned by maintaining the cleanliness of the Beis and Medrash would serve as his, as his, as his behest. That is true anava. And that's what we have to strive for. We, in Elo, we have to look at our blemishes and look what we can do to clean them all up. This is 1, 1. 1.9. Chayefem. The program is soul to soul and we're going to be back in a minute. <laughs> This is Hilchel Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnerb, only on 101.9 High FM. Point 101.9 High FM. The program is Soul to Soul, and we are on your radio on Erev Shabbos Kodesh. Parsha Shrevetim, welcome you back to another segment of the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes of your Friday afternoon to join us. And learn a little bit of Torah. Be inspired, especially now that we're in Elul, we're literally four weeks away from from Rosh Hashanah, from from the Yom Hadin. Let's talk about what we can do, perhaps, to improve ourselves and get ourselves ready for the great the great day. You know, the of most pasuk of this week's Pasha, is a very short pasuk, five words: tamim Tihyeh im. Hashem Elokecha. Thou shalt be perfect. We spoke in the last segment about blemishes. Now the Torah says, Tamimtieh, be perfect with Hashem your God. And Rashi speaks about the concept of being perfect in your faith. That a person doesn't need to go seek uh, uh, advice by you know, necromancers and and, and, and uh, fingerprint uh, sort of uh, what are they called uh finger readers and things like that. We have perfect faith that Akarish Baruch is going to look after us. I want to take that post and perhaps let's develop it in a little bit different of a way, this this uh, uh this this era of Shabbos. The Gemara Mesekas Yuma and Daphne Mem Zain brings down that there was a woman called Kamchis. Kamchis had seven sons. And all of them had the incredible privilege at serving at different times in their life as being the Kohen Gadol, as being the high priest. So the the, the Chacham and the sages said to her, what did you do? To merit such a thing, such an amazing uh, uh, merit that all your children were on such a level. She said to them, "My whole life, I never ever uncovered my hair. My, my, my." Said the way she put it was, "The walls of my house never saw the braids of my of my hair." And they responded to her, "Wow." many others have done the same thing, Loya Ilu, but it didn't help them to achieve to achieve this level. Now the Shchai writes on this Gemara in his momentous book Ben He says, "What what what Chazal telling us that many did this?" And and it wasn't it wasn't successful. She explains that many other people, even maybe, try to practice this degree of tzinyut, this degree of, of modesty, in order to gain from it such an amazing, amazing thing. Because tsniut, a person who acts with modesty. Is something that is a, 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 segula that could lead a person to reach the great level where their children could be. But because they were doing it in order to achieve that level, that's why it wasn't successful. And, and with this he explains what it says in the, uh, in the shall me says, there's such a thing called kimchaya kemach, there's flower, which is a flower that contains a little bit of bran, and then there's flower of flower, which is soiless, which is pure, pure flower. Uh, and what, what it means is that the soiless, the very, very f- a pure flower, has no bran in it at all. But kemach, a little bit coarser is mixed together with some of the bran and therefore what it's saying is all the other thoughts of all the other women who tried to achieve a high level of sneers in order to be able to merit this incredible schooler of having children who are going to be in gedolim, they didn't achieve it because they were, they were flour that was mixed with the brand. In other words, their, their intention in being so modest was in order to get this prize of having children who would be kainim. But this woman, Kimcha, that was her name. She was Kimcha the Kimcha. She was the most rarefied, pure flower of of a, of all, and because she did what she did, not to achieve any reward, but simply because that was the will, the will of 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 Hashem. And what we see from the the benishchay is, even if one fulfills a mitzvah, and he does it in order to achieve some sort of a benefit, some rewards, he's not going to lose the reward of that mitzvah. If you do something to get a reward, there's a Ramban that says, you will get the reward that you're doing the mitzvah for. And you'll get it in Shemaim. But when your intention is to get, to do a mitzvah for the, the schooler, every mitzvah has something that a person can achieve. It's not reward. It's a natural outcome. You know, we think we have to run around doing all kinds of strange things, getting red bands and, 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 and doing all sorts of things that will give us parnasa, that will give us health, that will give us children. We don't need to. Every single mitzvah has built into it tremendous, tremendous benefits for those that perform it. But the key thing is, what is our motivation in doing the mitzvah. If we are doing a mitzvah in order to try to access what we know to be the benefit of that mitzvah, unfortunately we lose out on, on the skula and you're not gonna get that special, special merit from that, from that mitzvah. Based on this incredible insight of the Benishchai, to make this distinction between flour with bran, so to speak, which is the fulfillment of a mitzvah, not solely and totally, because Hashem told us to do it to the very, very fine flour that's clean of any kind of, of additives, of any kind of bran, and that alludes to the fulfillment of a mitzvah totally and completely for the sake of Hashem, so now we can perhaps explain another Gemara, a Gemara in Masechus Bob Matsya, where it says there when Avram Avinu is entertaining the guests three days after his brismila, So it mentions there in, in the food that he was preparing for the guests. So it says, uh it says, uh, uh he says to to Sarah, and he says, "Mary, seim kemach soles. Take kemach, kemach. If we said the coarser flower, and soles the finer flower. how can it be both? So the Gemara says, 'Portrab so Yitzchak.' That we see from here that, and, and there's no insult intended here. Just according to what the Gemara says, and we'll explain what it means that a woman." is a little bit more, how do I say, not desirous of of giving, or of giving everything to to guests, more than a man is. And Rashi then explains, because she said, why is it Kemach, soylas? she said, okay, I'll make bread out of Kemach, which is the less than perfect flour. And Avram said, no, make it out of Seuless, Make it out a pure, pure flour, and let's 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 explain it. This, this wasn't obviously an argument between between uh, 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 uh Sarah and Avram how to read the recipe. So we can explain that by the woman by the Sarah it says kemach, it says the the the, the impure flour. Why? Because when a woman is entertaining guests. So, on some level, she's doing it because she knows there's tremendous, tremendous benefits in, in in fulfilling the mitzvah of hosting of hosting guests, and, and that is, in fact, often what convinces her to have guests. Right? For instance, they tell her that there's a schooler to the mitzvah of 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 uh, of uh, of hosting guests that it can cause tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, uh reforce. People can can recover from illness or or people women who are childless can have can have children. And and that's why sometimes it might be that a woman will agree to have guests. But by Avram, Avram said no. It must be a silas mitzvah without any additives, without anything else mixed that the mitzvah has to be done solely and totally for the sake of the mitzvah self, for the Shem Shavayim, for Hashem himself, and not any other side side benefit. Because if your intention is for the side benefit, you actually lose out on that, on that side benefit. And this concept is, is brought in many, many places. Where Siv Tzedek brings it, first he speaks at length about that the mitzvah of of Hanukkah uh, has the school of, of providing wealth for a person. So he explains how come we do Ner Hanukkah every single year, how come we don't get wealthy, and he says, because since we, we do the mitzvah and, and I, I, if we, if we did the mitzvah, let's put it better, if we did the mitzvah properly, completely for the shame shamayim and without, not with any other subjective reason, so such a person would definitely get the outpouring of Hashem's blessing. But someone who does the mitzvah and in the back of his head saying, "Wow, if I do this mitzvah, I might actually become wealthy," he's lost out on doing the mitzvah in its most sublime way, and and, and therefore he doesn't he doesn't get that tremendous wealth. We're told the Gemara says that. The Kain who merited to offer up the ketoret, the incense, in the, in the, in the temple. The Gemara Yuma says that they used to do a lottery for the for the who would have the privilege of, of bringing it, because there was a special schooler attached to the bring of the ketoret, that it would, it would create Create wealth. Baruch Hashem khayla, Hashem blesses his army. But, and, and in fact, they, they there was a rule that once you brought the keteris, you weren't eligible to bring it again. So everyone could get a chance. Were all those who brought the keteris wealthy? So most likely, if someone had even one small thought. Hey, it's so great that I'm getting to bring the Kataris because I'm now going to get wealthy. Then it cancels out. He's not going to be able to get that, that tremendous school. And that's why there's a whole discussion in the, in the customs of the Maril. It's, it's brought down that the great honor of being a Sandik, of holding a baby at the time of the bris, shouldn't be given to the same person more than once because just like the kohen who brings the Katoras, there was the schooler of Ashiras, so too being a sandik is something that can bring tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, wealth, and therefore we don't we want to give everyone a chance to get wealthy. And the fact there are more the more brings. Brings it in, in the, uh, in the halacha. And that there are others who discuss it, but the last word on the subject is the Vilna Gon, who says, We don't necessarily find that anyone who was ever a became, became wealthy. And based on what we're saying, we could perhaps say that certainly the skula is there, and it can bring wealth. But if a person has in his mind, when he's invited, when he's asked and honored to be the sandik, that in the back of his mind he wants to access that that wealth, so that that uh, impugns and and that ruins the the possibility of getting that which he actually is is hoping for, and that's why we don't find uh, 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 the people who had the privilege of Sandik are necessarily wealthy wealthy people now perhaps we can understand the Gemara, famous Gemara in, in Shabbos that we know that Shimon Bar and his son Rabelaza were in a cave for 12 years and Elio stood by the entrance and said "Right, it's time for you to leave the cave and the, the Caesar has died and the terrible, terrible decrees against you have been, uh, cancelled. So they went out and they saw people that were busy, uh, uh, you know, planting and, and look, looking off their fields. And they said, what? People are, are stopping the study of Torah in order to be involved in mundane matters. And wherever they look, says the Gemara, they would, Everything was consumed with fire. Came out a heavenly voice and said, Go back, you can't destroy my world. Go back into your cave. And they went in, stayed another another twelve months, and then a basco came out and said, Right, leave your cave. And and they went and says that uh everywhere that Rabbi Loza would look he would burn things but his father of Shimon uh, always fixed it up and he said to him my son it's sufficient for the whole world if both I and you exist and the Lord says it was it was late on Friday afternoon and they saw an old man who was running with two bundles of Hadassah of, of Myrtle in his hands and they said to him, what, what, what are these for? So he said to them, it's for honor of Shabbos. So why do you need two? Well, isn't one enough? He says, no, one is, uh, corresponds to Zachar, remembering and honoring the Shabbos, Vachad connected Shamor. And one is, is corresponds to guarding and protecting the Shabbos. So he, so he said to his son, you see, how precious the mitzvahs are to the Jewish nation, and Abdul was calmed was calmed down and we need to understand what what did Rashbi and his son see in that old man running with a with a myrtle on friday afternoon that that calmed them down, so the Abrov says in in Ayav Yisrael, he says, you know there are two types there are two aspects for the slave. of of uh, of keeping Shabbos, the zohar guarding what we usually regard as the positive aspects of Shabbos—making Kiddush, lighting candles, having your meals—and the shamar, the protecting the holiness of Shabbos by not breaking it by violating it with Wim lacha He says, in in deep terms, the zohar is the male and the shamar is the female. We'll explain that. What does it mean that? There are some people who honor the Shabbos so that they should be able to create pleasure for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They have no intention for any personal kind of kind of benefit. In fact, the Apostle says, gal Hashem, That HaShem. Their whole pleasure is for HaShem. That through Shabbos, he connects himself and, and he brings his neshama in, in, in holiness to the highest level of closeness to our, to our Kaddish Baruch and, and he uses intellect and, and it's a, an incredible day of, 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 closeness of interaction with, with that with our Kaddish Baruch. And through his actions on, 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 on the Shabbos, he can have tremendous, tremendous effect on, on the whole world and, and on even the specter way beyond, way beyond this, this world. That's Zohar. And there's some people that aren't on that level that they could just keep Shabbos without any personal benefit. He honors the Shabbos but he hopes that some good thing will come out of it. In other words that's, the you know, Chazal say that anyone who guards the Shabbos so then even if he's done, Chaz the most terrible Averis, of idol worship. So he, his sins are are, are are forgiven. And there's no greater gift than that. That someone who may have even done terrible Averus. And can keep Shabbos. And can get a totally clean slate. Wow. And if a person has that intention in guarding Shabbos. To get the great gift that, that Hashem has. In, as in, in sort of embedded in Shabbos. That all of his sins should be forgiven. This tremendous, tremendous thing. It's also a good thing, but that's not the ultimate in keeping Shabbos. Because if a person in his actions intends to do mitzvahs for whatever personal benefit, be it a spiritual benefit also, right? For whatever good spiritual goal he might have, nevertheless, it, it's the nukva. It's, it's the, it's the female because he wants to get something uh, in, 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 in Kabbalah writings. The female is always the receiver. This person is doing Shabbos because he wants to get something from HaKadosh Baruch Baruchu uh, as a reward for doing his, his mitzvahs. And unfortunately, since the main way to serve HaKadosh Baruch Baruchu is to do a, a, to be a worker, to be a slave, to do things simply for the benefit of, of, of HaKadosh baruch Hu, Who knows if he will actually even, even gain the, the intended goal that he wants to, that he wants to, uh, to, to work, to achieve. So when this old man sent to Abshimachachai and his son, I'm taking two hadasim, one for Zohar and one for Shamar, he revealed that he was fulfilling the mitzvah of Shabbos as a Zohar, as, as, as the male. And he proved that his whole avoidance Hashem was only Lashem Shamayim and not to get any benefit, not even any spiritual benefit in the world to come. Only and solely in order to fulfill the mitzvah of Akkadish Baruch. And therefore, even when he was involved in physical matters, of of his daily life, he was doing that not for any personal benefit, but only because that was the will of 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 uh, of, of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and and that was this this woman that was Kimcha, who who served Hakadosh Baruch Hu simply to be tenuah, and and therefore the reward came that her sons were all and that's something we have to strive for in our life especially in the month of el we're going to be back in a moment this is 101.9 high fm the program is soul to soul and we'll be back in one moment this is Hilchos Shabbos with rabbi moshe schnurb only on 101.9 high fm 101.9 high fm soul to soul Thank you for coming, thank you for joining us as we go through the week's routine and get ready for another amazing, amazing Shabbos. And as we always do at this point in the program, to get you up to speed with all the times, all the details you need for this coming Shabbos, Shabbos pashas, so the earliest time. To light your candles this afternoon is going to be at four thirty eight. Four thirty eight is the earliest time. It's Plague Milcha. You can already get your candles up. Get the shop started. Get that energy. Get that vibe into your lives. Get everything done before that. And be ready and light the candles and settle into the serenity, into the beauty, into the restfulness and the and the and the mindfulness of what Shabbos is about. Obviously, if you're going to Shul, even better, then you'll make it to Shul in plenty of time. If you're lighting candles at 4.37, you won't be late to, to, to Shul. The latest time for benching Lich this Shabbos is 5.29. 5.29, 29 minutes past 5 is the latest time to light your Shabbos candles. Make sure you get everything done and all everything ready by, by then. Uh, Shkia. Then is at five forty-seven. Is sheer, And That's that's absolute end of injury time. If we really can't get very earlier than that, then that's your absolute deadline. But you need to definitely push push before before that. Therefore, if you want to dive in my roof and not have to repeat the the kriashma, you've got to wait until six o five. Six o five is the earliest time to be able to. Uh, not have to repeat krishna and then you can sort of mosey down and settle down into a beautiful evening some beautiful uh a well inspirational food that has been prepared i'm sure for shabbos and some good words of Torah and some good zamirs and just make it a beautiful beautiful evening tomorrow morning we're going to read shabbos uh parshas shreftim which is a very 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 important parsha. lots and lots of uh, uh, halachot, lots and lots of laws and 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 things. The aftora is the normal aftora for parshas for parshas Shavtim, and uh, yeah. And then tomorrow afternoon we're going to make another Siyam on Perkyavas. We're going to read Perik Vav, uh of Perkyavas this this coming this coming week, and Shabbos Kodesh ends. Tomorrow night at 20 minutes past 6, 6.20 is the end of, uh, of, uh, of, of Shabbos. And we go into another week, a second full week of elo We hope that you are remembering to say in your, in your davening. And for those who are able to be in Shul and hear the shofar, even better if you hear the shofar somewhere else, Great, don't stress over it too much, but it's certainly a good thing, certainly a good thing to do as we go through Elohim, we start girding up, when we start getting ourselves ready for for the Yom the Adin. We are learning. Here Shabbos, we had started last week discussing the laws of Hadlokas, of lighting the candles for, for Shabbos. So let's speak for a moment about where to light our candles and who really should be lighting them so the actual mitzvah is that there should be light in every single room which you're going to be using at all on friday night in order that the people your family shouldn't go tripping over things when it's dark we trip and that is not good for Shalom Bias. That is not good for the serenity and the peace of the home. If you're tripping over the kid's bike that got left there by mistake and you're falling banging your knee, it ain't, it ain't, doesn't, doesn't sort of, uh, it's not conducive to a beautiful, warm, fuzzy kind of Friday night atmosphere. However, the main mitzvah is to light candles in the place where you're going to be eating your Shabbos meal. Because it's really by having the, the Suda by the light of the candles that that's how we show the tremendous degree of honor and pleasure that we have in, in the Shabbos. And therefore, it is particularly the candles that we, that we light in the place where we're going to eat the meal, those are the candles that we make the bracha over now if the reality is that the light of the candles that uh we don't, we, don't, we don't actually really need it because we have let's say electric light and that's going to illuminate all the other uh, uh rooms in the in the uh, in the house or even uh, if you don't have the lights in the house on but there are let's say street lights that are going to light up various rooms and, and therefore, no one's going to necessarily have to trip over the the bike that was left around. So then, you wouldn't need to light candles in those rooms because there is already a source of uh, of light. Now, the candles that, again, we're talking particularly about the candles that you're burning in the place where you're eating should therefore make sense. They should remain alight until you're finished. Your Shabbos meal. And, and certainly, in the first instance, khillah, one should try to ensure that there should be some light in the house until you go to sleep. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing at night, you'll be able to, to, to have light. Now obviously today, where there is a, uh, a possibility of having electric light, you know, we, which you can, if you want, put on a time switch and have go on and off whenever you need to. So then certainly one should see to it that there should be some light in, in the house the whole night. So that even if someone gets up in the middle of the night, yes, whatever, he has to go out. So then he'll be able to get around without, without, uh, without tripping. Now, the reality is that the mitzvah of, of candle lighting actually applies to every single Jew. It's a mitzvah on everyone. It's a mitzvah on men. It's a mitzvah on women. It's a mitzvah on married people. It's a mitzvah for single people. Everyone is required to honor and to have pleasure on, on the Shabbos. But, amongst the various members of the family, so the woman takes precedence in actually carrying out and fulfilling this mitzvah. Why? Because she is the foundation of of the house, and she is really responsible for running all the domestic affairs of of the house, and therefore she gets the she gets the incredible privilege of being able to light the the candles and fulfill this this uh, this mitzvah which was instituted to create shalom bayis to create peace and, and harmony and and domestic uh, stability for for a family and by her lighting the candles everyone in the family fulfills their obligation to do the mitzvah by her by her lighting however if for whatever reason the woman is delayed and is not able to to uh, be available to light the candles and the time for lighting the candles is coming very very quickly and if we're going to wait it may not happen so then it would be better that her husband or even one of the children would light the candles and, and don't, you know, hang around and wait. You know, I'm sure mommy's coming soon. I'm sure she's coming soon. You might then end up in a situation, God forbid, of possibly breaking Shabbos by lighting the candles too, too late. And the, the fact that the woman Comes before the man and has, takes precedence over the man in fulfilling this mitzvah of lighting candles. So perhaps we could draw an inference from here that in fact the main obligation, the main, the main uh, force in creating shalom bias is dependent greatly on, on the wife, on, on, on the woman and the truth is even even the the atmosphere if there's going to be a Torah atmosphere or an atmosphere of true emunah and belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu that resides in the house really in the merit of of the wife because her 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 own personality her own innate sense of trust and belief and relationship with with the Rabbi Shlomo that shines out and that's unique to her and, and to her whole family and she knows how to get that to then reflect and affect her husband and her children in training them and, and leading them to, to ways of, of, uh, of true, of true, uh, emuna and she can then direct them Hashem, to, to study Torah, uh, properly as as they're supposed. to. In fact, as the Gemara says that the the greater was the promise that our promised the women. Even then, the promise that He made to the to the uh, men because of the fact that the women are are, are so responsible and so so a, a, a kind of instrumental in sending off their children to learn Torah in school, and uh, and they they wait and they, and they encourage. Their, their husbands to spend as much time as they can to, to learn in, in the, in the besmerish and they wait for them until they come, they come, uh, they come home, right? Obviously, if the woman is not able to light the candles, then the husband can't light for her because bedeved, he also can create a situation of, uh, of, of shalom, of shalom bias. We'll be back. In a moment, with a little bit more of our last segment, this is 101.9, Chai FM, the program is Soul to Soul, and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurr, only on 101.9, High FM. Point 101.9, point Chai FM, back on your radio with our last segment here on Air Shabbos, Kodesh Parshas, Shreif in the year, top shin, pay out of three weeks and counting. Well, a little bit. Till Rosh Hashanah have lenu and we're finishing up discussing who has the obligation of lighting the candles in the house. So he said it's a woman's obligation, but if she can't, then the man certainly would, would, uh, w- would do it. Now, if there's a, a situation where for whatever reason, the woman is not at home, Kasusham, let's say she's, uh, in, in hospital, or maybe it's a good thing if she's not supposed to have a baby, a or maybe she, whatever, she traveled out of town for some other reason, and the husband, and the father is at, at home, so then he is obligated to light the candles with a bracha. And even if he has an adult daughter, the mitzvah is incumbent upon him to light the, the candles, because he is the Bala He's the master of the house. If he wants, he could ask his daughter to light the candles in his stead on his behalf and on behalf of the rest of the, of, of the, of the family. And then she would make, the, make the bracha. Now, eh, uh, there somewhere have the custom that in addition to the candles that the mother lights, all of her daughters, who have already reached the age of, of, of of education, they also light candles even with a bracha. And that is the, the minic of, uh, of, of Chabad. However, most of the, of the other poiskim, uh, uh, are of the opinion that only if the family is, uh, lighting candles and that's and that's uh, you know that only the 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 mother uh, lights the candles and not not everybody and not everybody else and that's the minig in most of the communities across the Jewish nation and certainly it's it's worthy for every woman to carry on and fulfill the the minig that was her family minig and do things the way her own mother used to, used to, uh, used to do it. So that's about really all the time we're going to have for, for, for this week. And I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you got something out of it. I certainly did. I love the opportunity to spend some time with you. And please, I'd love some feedback. I really would like to know, are you listening to the show? Are you enjoying it? Do you have suggestions? Please send some kind of communication either to the, to the station or directly To me, you can get my personal number through the switchboard at, at Chai FM. And please, let me know that you're, that you're alive. Let me know that you are listening, whether you're happy, whether you have criticism, whatever. Anyway. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Stay warm. Stay safe. Please, it's not over yet. Let's please, let's look after ourselves. Keep those masks on. Keep the distance. No silly social engagements. It's just it's just counter counterproductive. And I wish everyone in our entire radio family a beautiful, satisfying, warm, and inspiring good Shabbos.